Hi, my name is Mark Chamsky. I'm the coordinator of the Reformed Baptist Network. And it's my privilege to be able to be here on the beautiful island of Barbados, really on the south side near the village of Oystens. And I'm able to be here with Pastor John Rittersgaard, who's the pastor of Covenant Reformed Baptist Church of Barbados. This is a church that was planted by Covenant Reformed Baptist Church of Toronto, pastored by Chris Powell. In fact, John was a fellow pastor of Chris Powell. And uh, in John's past, he met a delightful lady named Melanie. And Melanie herself was born and raised in Barbados. In fact, her family can track their descendants where? Back to about the 1600s, John? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so so this is not an unfamiliar place to the Rittersgaard family, and it's a joy to be able to be here and spend time with John, with Melanie. They have two children. They've got Max, who's nine, and Wade, who is six. That's right. But intellectually speaking, these guys are <laughs> teenagers, you know? And then the way John has them playing football in the backyard, uh, is that Canadian football you're playing? Is that American football? Well. It's the same. It's the same sport. A few different rules, but the same sport. Well, that's your interpretation. <laughs> He's not playing NFL football, but he played a little bit of college football himself back in the day. And uh, as you can see, John is a little bit shorter than I am, but he's much more fierce than I am. So put a helmet and some pads on him. You don't want to face this guy at the fifty-yard line. Uh, and so it is. And so it is. As he played football with all his might. In fact, John, didn't you do a little MMA as well? Yeah, I dabbled in MMA for a couple of years okay. back, back in the day. I wouldn't want to meet this guy <laughs> in the middle of an octagon myself. So as he has done things athletically with all his might, he also does things pastorally, mm -hmm. ministerially, spiritually with all his might. And I've really enjoyed the time to be down here and get to know John, and spend time together. In fact, even yesterday, he took me to the weight room down on the coast where we're overlooking the sea, and he's teaching me how an old guy like me, he's teaching me how to deadlift and to do squats. He says to keep me from getting old that I have to take on these additional exercises. So this is a demanding fellow here. Uh, and I think what physical exercise profiteth a little, right, John? That's right. But that which is spiritual is for eternity. Yeah. But there is a crossover. Yeah. So, John, John, uh, uh, so good to have you here. We just want to talk a little bit about the ministry on the island of Barbados, about the condition of the church, and then maybe even just close up with a little series of things that we can pray for regarding the church in Barbados. But why don't you just give a little thumbnail sketch, I mean, thumbnail of your own testimony and how the Lord directed you to be on this island of Barbados. Sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thanks, Margaret. It really has been a good week so far having you guys uh, here in the island with us. Diane is here as well, and that's been a real pleasure to have her on the island as well as Mark. We've been enjoying spending time together and like you say going and doing these different activities and we appreciate having you preach at the church on sunday and i love preaching to your people like i was telling you, they're very lively responsive people even responding to the reading of the word and wait they're the life of samson mm. and when samson would do something follyful they would burst out in laughter at the irony of what he did yeah 
Yeah, you can't help but laugh sometimes reading through the judges. Can you? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So as for me, I was raised in a Christian home. I was I made a profession of faith as a young kid, uh, but I don't think I was regenerate. Uh, that became evident later in my teen years as I really developed into a real hypocrite. And so so for me, the way I resolved the hypocrisy was to stop claiming to be a Christian mm-hmm. and admit that I was not a Christian and didn't want to live for the Lord and, and wasn't trusting in Jesus and didn't believe the gospel. And so um, the next we got we got the U.S. air flying overhead, or maybe it's uh, Barbados air. That's the noise you heard. We're really on site here in Barbados. So for the next few years, I just lived very uh, openly as a non-Christian. And then in my young adult years, God began to draw me back to the faith, uh, really started re-engaging with Christianity a bit. He brought people into my life who would talk to me about the Lord. I started reading the Bible again. Uh, in uh, age 20, I was soundly converted, and the Lord brought me to faith in Christ. And, you know, I definitely haven't been living the Christian life perfectly ever since. Who, who does? Mm. But. In fact, I listened, Dan, and I listened to one of your country western music yeah. songs. Yeah. John has done a CD. He's a man of uh, multi gifts. Uh, he's, he's a five talent man in more than one way. But he wasn't there a song that you had uh, "Aging Like Whiskey"? Yeah, yeah. Which it's, it's a good song, believe me. But what's the analogy there? We got a Christian life. Well, just like you know, people say aging like fine wine. Well, well, whiskey does the same thing. It gets better with time when it's aged properly. You only know that because you read about it, right? Yeah, well, it's, it's strictly theoretical. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and um, yeah, the song is about how God's working on me, and and mm. yeah, o- over time, the difference that Jesus has made in my life is significant. Mm. And, and uh, you know, the tagline of that song says, "By God's grace, mm. to a sinner like me, mm. aging like whiskey," mm-hmm. and um, you know, so so since since age twenty, I've been trying to stay on the straight and narrow path, and you know, wandered here and there. But there's been, I think, real consistent evidence of grace, and um, the Lord brings me back. And um, then, uh, yeah, just kind of spent a few years trying to find my way doctrinally and, and figure out which way was up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I knew knew Jesus was my savior, and knew that the Bible was a lamp to my feet and a light to my mm-hmm. path, but, you know, still trying to figure out what direction to go in that respect. Yeah. So it took me a few years um, to come to uh, where we are now, you know, holding to reform Baptist conviction. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, by God's grace, here we are. No, wait, wait, hey, you, you skipped, John. <laughs> that, that doesn't translate you, from you, Toronto to Barbados. You, you What's me, her name? You told me a thumbnail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you got, there's a lady who ended up being a partial uh, significant variable in your life. Oh, here. get you to Barbados. Super significant. Yes. So, so my wife, Mel, was born and raised here, as Mark said. And, um, we met in Canada. She came up to study. And we met in, uh, actually, we met shortly after, well, we met actually around the same time as I was converted. Um, a month later, I told her I loved her, and six months later, got her to start going out with me, and five years later, got her to marry me mm. after breaking up mm. twice. <laughs> Sounds like my drama and my, yeah, yeah, my yeah. wife. So Speak we, up me too, John. Yeah. So we we started, you know, we would visit back and forth because her parents are here, and, and we we started to realize 
So there are a lot of churches in Barbados um, and, and a lot of true churches, real gospel believing churches. There's just not, not nearly as many healthy biblical churches on this island. And so we began praying for the island. And then it really was uh, uh, a thought process thinking about what it says in James. Like if you say go be warm and well fed and, and do nothing, what good is that? And, and so if, you know, if we sort of wish the island well and, you know, hope that they do all right and that there will be healthy churches, but we don't do anything about it, what good is that? And so I realized that in God's providence, I was poised to be able to come here uh, since I have a right to citizenship through my wife. And uh, I was already working as a pastor in Canada at the time. It just, it really seemed like this is providentially where, where God was calling us. And so, um, so we were sent out of Covenant Baptist Church in Toronto, as Mark said, to plant here. And uh, just a word of clarification, we're still actually sharing leadership with Toronto. So Pastor Chris and I uh, still meet regularly on Zoom, and he's very involved. He was down here as recently as October mm -hmm. last year. Mm -hmm. and, um, and Covenant in Toronto is a Reformed Baptist church, and Reformed Baptist churches of the network are helping you support the, that's the right. congregation here. That's right. Yep. There's a number of Reformed Baptist network churches as well as a couple others outside the network that are all contributing mm -hmm. uh, to the work here. And uh, there are a number of folks praying for us. And it's, it's really been something that, that the Lord has done. And uh, yeah, it's been just a great thing to be a part of. Every last Tell us years. about Barbados. What's it like here? I, I, we're looking out blue skies and the weather is typically breezy mm -hmm. and moderate in temperature. And uh, the date right now is what we got January 27 mm -hmm. we're really just off the coast of venezuela and the temperature really doesn't vary that much like we then and i were looking at how in the state of michigan 100 degree temperatures in the last 60 years there have been like 15 of them mm. but down here there have been zero oh, really? 100 degrees fahrenheit really? so 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 that's kind of the, the picture yeah. of the climate but but what's the climate like here culturally speaking what yeah. what's the demography of the nation just give us a, a sketch of that. Yeah, so Barbados, as we've already kind of mentioned, is a, a really heavily churched island, um, but not nearly as many healthy, biblical, expository, gospel-centered churches. And um, uh, so there's a lot of three out of four people would take the Christian box on the census, but there's just there's just no way that three out of four people mm. uh, have passed from death to life mm -hmm. and, you know, are... are Phenomenal raised to walk with Christ in newness of life. Mm. Just there's just no way. So yeah, there's a lot of nominal Christianity, uh, a lot of a lot of cultural Christianity, um, uh, you know, superficial. Get it, get in your church clothes, get to church on Sunday, and then the rest of the week live. However, yeah. um, that kind of thing. And uh, a prosperity gospel here, I suppose. There is, yeah. There, there are a lot of, lot of real, genuine, sincere Pentecostal, charismatic brothers and sisters. But then there's that fringe that goes beyond the pale of orthodoxy mm -hmm. and beyond the pale of biblical Christianity and strays into the, the you know, health, wealth, and prosperity sure. and word of faith nonsense. What's the ethnic, ethnic makeup of Barbados? Barbados is, I think it's roughly, I think ninety five or 96% black, 2% um, white, and 2% and other, okay. uh, which would be largely um, uh, Im immigration from uh, 
people of say like maybe like Indian descent mm -hmm. or uh, folks from other islands or, or wherever. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you've got the sugar cane that became the cash crop that really made the island significant because you said when the explorers first came in the 1600s, nobody really gave notice to Barbados because it didn't seem like it was useful yeah. for anything. But then sugar cane yeah. made a match and then that brought the need for workers and the uh, slave trade yeah. was uh, had an end here in Barbados. Yeah, sadly, the uh, there's a huge um, uh, history of slavery here on the island, and so that that obviously is a, a real scar on the the nation's history. But it's something that is very much a part of mm -hmm. of what Barbados has been in the past. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So your church, mm -hmm. you planted the church. Was it about what? Four or five years ago? 2017. So yeah, we're about five and a half years in. Mm -hmm. Just celebrated our fifth anniversary in September last year. So if I go on a premium Lord's Day, what do I see in that blue building that you meet in there? Uh, you see a, a group of people that are pretty normal, mm -hmm. reflect the demographics of the island, mm -hmm. love the Lord. It's a blessed uh, thing. We have a, a, a ethnically mixed group on the island oh yeah because yeah. some are really quite homogenous on the island yeah yeah it's it, it it really is good to see um just a just a natural reflection of the demographics here there there um you know is some uh i don't know i guess i guess i find it strange sometimes to go places and find that i'm surrounded by 30 white people or 40 white people and, and no black people. Mm -hmm. um, when 95% on yeah, the When the island is 95%. Sure. So, you know, it, you, you wouldn't want to have a church like that down here. To me, that would be, that would be kind of backwards and it would be failing to work out the fact that um, through Christ, God has brought down the partition wall mm -hmm. and we're all one body. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, the church reflects the, the demographics. Just, just a bunch of normal people that love the Lord mm -hmm. trying to do what, what the Bible says, and um, what would be numbers like on a premium Lord's Day here? We would have maybe 50, 55 on a Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. Our Sunday evening attendance actually has, has started to get better, um, really over the last month or two. It's, it's been like noticeably better. Mm -hmm. Um, before that, we were having considerably lower numbers as a lot of churches mm -hmm. do, mm -hmm. but uh. But really, over the last month or two, actually, we've been having pretty comparable numbers mm -hmm. on uh, a lot of the evenings. Mm -hmm. So, so that's been a real encouragement to see as well. Uh, Diane and I were able to experience the Lord's Day mm -hmm. with the brothers and sisters there, yeah. and yeah, there was a real robust gathering. Quite an attendance from uh, a medical school called Ross University. Is that it? That's right. Yeah, Ross University. Um, Expats coming in, really, even from uh, USA and Canada who study medicine. Yeah, there are. There are a lot, there are people from all over the world, from what I understand. Um, we have one of the members of the faculty is a member of our church as well. And speaking with him, he indicates to me that there's really, really quite a cross section yeah. of people from all over the world, including local Barbadians here. But, um, but yeah, a number of, in our church, a number of American students have, have connected with us through, um, uh, through the Ross Christian Fellowship and through the proximity of our church to their school. So quite an outreach ministry they have there. They have student gatherings on campus, right? They do. Yeah, there's a student group there. And a, a number of the um, students in their Ross Christian Fellowship have connected with our church. And like I say, they're, they're, uh, they have, uh, I'm not sure of the proper terminology here, but they're this member of the faculty that's a member of our church is uh, something of an advisor. 
advisor or a mentor or whatever to that group. And so um, we're able to have a little bit of a little bit of a voice and a little bit of an influence there, encouraging the students to good churchmanship in these important uh, years of being a student. And, and especially these guys are very busy working hard um, at medical school. And it would be easy to sort of say, well, I'll engage with church when I'm done. But um, uh, we're always, of course, beating the drum that, that there's no phase of your life where the church isn't important. Yeah. And uh, and so it's nice to be able to have those guys sort of being able to uh, beat that same drum within their context. Of their yeah, and it made my heart sing. Yeah. AM worship. We got guys from Ross there. Mm -hmm. And then uh, coming back in the evening worship, Ross students coming back again. I, yeah. I know that medical school can be busy. Yeah, but viewing that that text from a Psalm 137, uh, may my right hand forget her skill, may my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth, I do not esteem Jerusalem above my chief joy. In other words, right. the kingdom, yeah. Jerusalem being a high priority yeah. in our lives. And to see students yeah. who have busy schedules to say, I want to be at the house of God. For sure. It's been really encouraging. We have um, particularly a Reformed Presbyterian couple that have been with mm. us. Mm. And uh, their churchmanship has just been so excellent and so exemplary, mm. even for our own people. Um, mm. And recognizing that uh, he's so busy with his studies and yet makes it a priority to be there Lord's Day morning, Lord's Day evening, every week. And he's there, his wife's there. Um, they bring their two little kids, one of whom was born in Barbados mm. during the course of their studies. And uh, they make it a priority to be there. And surely that's not easy, but I think it's just it's just a wonderful example. Yeah. Uh, to yeah. I was also able to be a part of the prayer meeting here and to see people coming and then storming the throne of grace. Mm -hmm. I, I really was encouraged by the intensity and the maturity of the prayers that were offered mm -hmm. up on Wednesday night. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a good group. It's mm. a good group for sure. And then uh, last night, Thursday night, there was a ladies gathering. Mm -hmm. And even uh, Diane, my wife, was able to present a theme of uh, gleaning theological truth from the Psalms. Mm -hmm. I was able to peek in a couple of times. And uh, the ladies reported as well that it was a good session of synergism of the ladies bouncing different ideas off each other like oh, a yeah. pitfall. Oh yeah, I got good reports coming out of that as well. So we were grateful to have Diane uh, here with us to be able to, to do that and facilitate that. From all accounts, it was a good night. And even the hungering and thirsting, the spirituality, Diane mm -hmm. sensed that these are not shallow souls. These are people who really are earnest about the things of God yeah. and, and just yeah. the demonstration that they're familiar with the scriptures. Right, right. And that's, I mean, that's just a, I think it's a healthy byproduct of expository preaching too, because you, you, over a number of years, you can really keep, as it says, you know, like line to fine line, precept upon precept. And there's a real cumulative total to, to just constant steady expository ministry. And so um, I think it's, it's like Luther said, you know, it's it, that's not my doing. The word, the word did it all. Yeah. And as we're just putting it out there, people are drinking it up. They're maturing. They're growing. They're becoming more and more familiar uh, with the things of the Lord and, and more and more well-versed in yeah. scriptures. Yeah. yeah, I've told you how my sense of exhilaration regarding this church being planted on this island and the kind of impact kingdom-wise this can make. I've said, here we have a church in the USA 
man, my church, Harbor Church in Holland, Michigan, is like a dot in the vast ocean of the body of USA from shore to shore. Yeah. But you look at Barbados, it's an island that is what? 21 miles from north to south and 14 miles east to west and how yeah. this is a nation though yeah and how one church is like well it's a it's a dot but not in an ocean but a dot in a coffee cup mm. and so so you as a as a dot yeah. in your nation can really make an impact on an entire country and so I, i'm just thrilled by the impact of your church in this place raised up for a time such as this and you know, I've said to you before, who knows if one or two of your members become MPs, members of parliament, right? and uh, maybe a judge or maybe uh, some kind of a public official who can really exert a striking influence for salt and light in mm -hmm. Barbados. Yeah, yeah, that'd be wonderful. So, so I just uh, view your role as a church and you as a leader as being really influential and significant nationally speaking. Yeah, yeah I think there are there's definitely more of a sense uh, that the leaders of our country have sort of an ear to the streets. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Where, as you say, maybe you post something on social media and the president is not likely to read it. Um, whereas things begin circulating on social media down here. And before long, there's a press conference mm -hmm. and the uh, prime ministers addressing things mm. that are circulating on social media. Mm. So I think you're you're right to pick up on that dynamic. And I, I think that analogy that you made about a drop in the ocean versus a drop in a coffee cup is insightful. I hadn't thought about it in particularly those terms, but it's, um, yeah, really something to consider. Well, even your ministering, you were saying how Barbados is a closed community and the island is a tight network. Yeah. So if uh, like we were we were leaving the weight room yesterday, yeah. and there was a guy, and he kind of pounded on John's window, and he asked if he could have some bus fare. Mm. And so John, gracious man as he was, I mean, could have given him a lecture about, oh, man will not work, you shall not eat. But but John pulls out of his tray some bus fare and hands it to the guy. And you just made a comment to me about uh, the, the ministry of the Lord Jesus, caring for physical needs as well as spiritual needs, and the way that the way that you behave as a pastor or any Christian behaves on the island, mm. it's not just like you can pretend to be somebody at the baby blue church building on Sunday right. and somebody else out at Oyston's Avenue on Tuesday without everybody knowing who you are. Yeah, that's right. There's no there's no anonymity in Barbados. <laughs> I was telling Mark also a story where I had a, a very small car accident, just a little fender bender on my way to pick someone up at the airport. And I didn't call my wife. I didn't tell anyone because it was insignificant. But within about five minutes, my wife was on the phone. You got in a car accident? And this was this was within the first couple of months of moving, you know of moving here. And I said to myself, wow, word really spreads fast on this island. So, yeah. I mean, we should always be living Corandeo before the face of God and doing the right thing because God is watching. But around here, uh, everybody else is watching too and, and word gets around. Sure, sure. Yeah. What, what kinds of things do you face as a pastor uh, working in this culture, in this society? I mean, in the States, you and I have been talking about how there's a real crisis with identity. First of all, we are identified scripturally in Genesis 1 as made in the image of God, and then male and female. But our culture drives us not just in, the, in North America, 
Mm-hmm. But also, yeah, down in Barbados, like you said, if, if, if America sneezes, Barbados catches the cold. Yeah. And if America has some kind of a, a philosophical uh, argument taking place there, it washes up on the shores of Barbados. So these oh, issues sure, of, of transgenderism and uh, identifying masculinity and femininity, yeah. any impact on Barbados culture? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, we're just we're just really a couple steps behind what's going on in North America. So all the kind of, you know, uh, whether it's, you know, intersectionality or critical theory or, or uh, transgenderism or LGBTQ stuff or whatever, all of that is is creeping down here as well. Mm, yeah. Impact on uh, fatherhood and husbanding then on Barbados. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I, I would say it's probably a fair statement that, that statistically there tends to be a trend towards more matriarchal families in the oh, Caribbean. Oh, yeah. And uh, a lot of... And more so a trend in uh, the United States. The yeah. More matriarchal view. Yeah. And uh, men are often AWOL. They've abdicated their responsibility. Yeah, Much like it. our first father, Adam. That's it. Yeah. Sat quietly and Eve did all the talking. That's right. Yeah. There's a lot of lot of men gone AWOL down mm-hmm. here too, for sure. Thankfully, we have a number of guys in our church that are breaking the cycle. Um, yeah. Guys that maybe grew up with without a father or with poor father figures um, and but guys that are committed now to leading their wives and and, and children and uh, the worship of the Lord and, and being churchmen being good hard workers and providing for their families and mm-hmm. so on and so forth and um, yeah I mean that's that's the difference the gospel makes I mean I mean MPs and judges and all that's great but I'll tell you what's even better is fathers <laughs> and mothers you know, mm. and and working out our living out our ordinary vocations in a way that's consistent with the word of God. Mm. That's what it is to be truly human. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. Because that's what God, um, that's that's the blueprint and the, the instruction book for being human. Mm. And so, um, you know, when people uh, come across the gospel and, and believe and are, you know, and they're re- regenerate mm. people now raised to walk in newness mm. and start living out their God-given identities and living out their God-given responsibilities. Mm. Uh, I mean, that's that's a wonderful, mm. wonderful, wonderful uh, impact on uh, on society as mm. well. Mm. Interesting, you use that phrase more than once. Uh, being regenerate mm. and having a new birth. Yeah. Whereas even in the states, I've I've wrestled with this, and I even had a recent net talk, uh, little podcast that we had here a while back, and. Uh, with Jeff Johnson and uh, the Grand Rapids Church and myself, and we were discussing how there's something that's been called in the last decade or decade and a half. It's called gospel preaching. Mm. And gospel preaching oftentimes is that kind of declaration of the truth of the word that will emphasize sometimes almost exclusively a forensic righteousness. How Christ has come with the good news that our sins can be forgiven, but not emphasizing at all the, the practical yeah. righteousness. It used to be, even in past days, the idea of you can take Jesus as your Savior. And not as your Lord. And that's right. That's right. Uh, Christ's righteousness yeah. imputed to your heavenly account, yeah. but not as Lord, which would be Christ's righteousness by the Spirit affecting your practical life, not just in the heavenly courtroom, forensic righteousness, yeah. but in the earthly living room, practical righteousness. Is that an issue down here in Barbados? Oh, yeah, yeah, I think so, for sure. There, there's just various misunderstandings of the gospel, but I think, yeah, people feeling like 
they prayed the sinner's prayer, they're Christians. And so, like I say, then they take the census box that, yeah, I'm a Christian. And you got, you know, theoretically a 75% Christian nation. Mm-hmm. When there's just no way. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think that that has to stem from a misunderstanding of what Christianity is. Mm-hmm. What does it mean to be a Christian? Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, um, someone who is who is truly a Christian is somebody who has been changed by God. Mm-hmm. Somebody who has a new heart. Mm-hmm. Experience the new birth by their fruits, you shall know them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's 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 for sure. We really try to emphasize at our church the importance of both orthodoxy and orthopraxy. And sometimes, what happens, especially I think in conservative circles, is folks get so concerned about orthodoxy, they begin to think if they're orthodox, that's really all that matters. And the reality is, no, that's not all. I got good doctrine, orthodoxy is great. But you got to have the orthopraxy also, mm-hmm. and I think um, I think what sometimes more liberal Christianity slides into is well, if you have the orthopraxy, you know, and you're you're loving and you're kind and mm-hmm. so on and so forth, then it doesn't mm-hmm. matter if you're orthodox. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what we need to to make sure we do is just hold both together yeah. and believe the things that Scripture teaches us, but do the things that that Scripture lays upon yeah. us. Also, First John two the one it says, "I have come to know him." But doesn't obey his commandments. Yeah, he's a liar, a liar and yeah. the truth is not in him. That's right. And the way that uh, many will come to me in the last days, saying, "Lord, Lord," mm-hmm. but depart from me, you who are doers of iniquity right. and lawlessness. So yeah, yeah, issues down here, much like up there. Now regarding that blue building, yeah, we know that there's a prayer request. You've come to an interesting junction in church history and yeah uh, how can we pray for you in, in that area of a provision of a building sure yeah it's a complex uh situation but it it, it looks like we now, feel free to be tactful how much you share at this time for sure yeah court case coming up and... yeah 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 there's some there's uh uh some details that are better kept private but it's a complex situation and uh the long and short of it is we may have an opportunity to buy the land and the building um at some point in the next, you know, month or two. Uh, so we're just really praying that things shake out in a way that that would allow that to happen. We know that Proverbs says that the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. Mm. And he turns it whithersoever he wills and um, water in the palm of the hand. Mm. And if the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord, then, then the hearts of everybody involved in this process mm. are, are also in the hand mm. of the Lord. Mm. And uh, just, just pray that it'll work out in that way. Um, and, uh, yeah, we also trust that if it doesn't work out that way, it must be because the Lord has something else for us and a different path for us Mm. to walk, Mm. but we'd very much like to secure our own permanent meeting place. We Mm. think that would be, we recognize not strictly necessary, but we think it would be helpful and strategic down here. So you can just be bringing, bringing that issue before the Lord. And those of you who are more aware of the situation, uh, which has kind of been at a deadlock for the last few years, we're probably close to seeing the deadlock resolved and 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 moved one way or another and the log jam is going to break up and the water will be flowing and, and we'll see we'll, we'll see where that carries yeah. us and the lord is gracious he owns a cattle on a thousand hills yeah and he owns the key to every building on every plot of land yep so may he be so kind and gracious as to drop a gracious gift into the lap of this church yeah yeah it'd be wonderful any other prayer requests before we shut down as always, we're we're just a young church plant, and so we're we're trying to raise up leaders here. We installed a deacon in 2019, and uh, we're we're just hopeful and, and praying for more pastors, more deacons down here. 
Um, that, that's a really huge one for us. Uh, the COVID situation lingered on a little bit longer down here than it did in North America. And so we're just kind of coming out of that now and in a new phase where the restrictions have lifted and we're able to be doing some public events again and large group gatherings and we're hoping to do some outreach. Uh, so praying that the Lord will be bringing people to faith and uh, saving souls through through our efforts. Uh, you can just pray for ongoing good relationships with other churches that we have some relationship and rapport with here on the island. And, um, you know, just pray for them as well. Pray for the island as a whole. We don't we don't care so much to, to get the glory as the church that God worked through. We're just here to, you know, join our shoulders to the burden along with all the other Christians down here and all the other churches. So just pray for the island that the Lord will be adding to the number of those who are being saved and, and uh, that we'll be faithful in training them up to obey all that he's commanded. Yeah, not unto us, not unto us, but unto your name be glory. That's really what we're about here. That's right. In this place. Mm -hmm. any, any, any final word that you would give? Any, 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 any spiritual nugget that you've been <laughs> chewing on in the last day or two that you'd like to share with us so we can pop it in our mouth and suck on it like a sweet caramel? Oh, boy, you're putting me on this. Here, Mark. I didn't even prepare you for that, John. <laughs> well, I guess I've been I've been just thinking about how uh, God is is indeed working out all things for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. Mm -hmm. I remember listening to uh, a young man in a church that I pastored previously uh, preaching one of his early sermons, and he used a phrase that always stuck with me. He talked about God's meticulous sovereignty, mm -hmm. and uh, God's meticulous sovereignty has been evident uh, over the last couple of days in, in various ways that I've observed. And uh, and that's a really encouraging thought that some of the things that you think are insignificant or or random uh, are really not random. And, and the Lord has every hair on our head number. And not a sparrow falls to the ground apart from the Lord. And, and everything works according to the counsel of his will, mm. just for his glory and for the good of his church. Mm. That's an encouraging thought. Mm. Melanie's here, and I bet if I call her to come up and say hello, I might be in trouble. She'll, she'll be mortified, but she'll come. Oh, right. just, Mel, just, 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 just sit down for one second here and say hello. You can feel pretty big there. There she is. This is Melanie. This this is the Barbados wife of John Riddersgard. She is the she, one that the no, Lord. No, no, she's not the Barbados wife. She's the only wife. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, but God used you to bring this mighty man of God down here, and we trust God has great things for the people of Barbados through the ministry of your church. So yep. Blessings to you all. God's Thanks, Mark. Bye bye. Thanks.